This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, hello, and welcome to uh, the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another show. Um, <laughs> this is obviously very different to the usual content that you see go out on the channel. Um, and I, yeah, I was kind of in really two minds about talking about this, but to be honest, everything everything that's kind of happened to me on this weird six year six years has it been six years it's a long time um journey since kind of you know taking the reins over from craig and then going through the channel and then getting to where we are now has been done through being very open and honest about everything that's gone on during those years with you guys um and i think that everyone on the channel has definitely appreciated um me being very open and honest about everything that's going on in in the little worlds that I live in, um, that's gradually getting bigger and bigger every day. It's very strange. Um, and today was today was tricky. Um, now, what I want to do is I do want to start off by saying that uh, my colleagues and everyone at Football.London who has spoken to me today about what's been going down has been absolutely amazing. Um, and the support that I got from everyone there has been amazing and has been amazing since I started. Um, I could not really ask for a better group around me. We've honestly, uh, the guys there, we've built an amazing group of people uh, that are doing some great stuff and producing some great content. And uh, we hope that you're really enjoying that stuff because uh, yeah, it's mad. I've made some great friends already and uh, and we're a fantastic group of people that are trying to do the absolute best we can to produce some good content and do something a bit different. Um, and they've, as I said, really given me a lot of support throughout this as we are to each other and any struggles that we're facing. Um, anyway, for those that are wondering what I'm talking about, you may have seen obviously from the thumbnail and from the title of today's video, no, there's no adverts, there's nothing like that on today's video, it's very different. Um, but this morning I uh, put an article out uh, on London uh, about William Saliba. Uh, it was an opinion piece discussing how the Liverpool performance highlighted the kind of lack of uh, experience that was in certainly the defence and that, in my view, led to kind of the heads dropping. And uh, I think we all saw that the team's heads kind of went and that led to that defeat. And instances like that are going to happen, uh, especially for a very young side that lacks quite a few, you know, experienced heads amongst the different positions in the side. And so I thought what might be quite interesting is to do a piece around how uh, William Saliba returning next season, which is really important and that we want William Saliba to return next season because he's a fantastic player, despite what some people may think um, from the reactions to the article. Um, and 
to integrate him as soon as possible. However, that he alone is not enough, um, that he is uh, still a 20-year-old centre-back that will be coming into a team with Gabriel, who's 23, and Ben White, who's 23, and that we need to add some experience. In addition to that, Arsenal are in a situation where we've spent a lot of money on six players uh, in the summer that has equated to our most highest spending summer uh, of all of the summers that we've had uh, transfer-wise, 150-odd million pounds that was spent. And um, also, we've also seen that that means that if we are going to be looking to spend in any upcoming windows, we're going to be looking at um, signing some marquee players, you would hope in central midfield and striker. They're the two positions that you would look at and say, yeah, we need to invest heavily in those two areas. So therefore, looking at the defensive area and providing that experience, I thought it might be an idea to suggest some names of players that are, you know, more experienced than the players that we currently have, better than the players that we currently have in the depth positions, um, and that still add that key experience. However, unfortunately, that um, <laughs> a lot of people didn't read the article, uh, as is often the way um, with this stuff. And uh, I received quite a bit of abuse, uh, specifically a lot of accusations of racism, uh, which I found staggering. Um, I've got a lot of friends who have suffered a lot of racist abuse throughout their lives and it's not a joke it's it's not something to throw about um and to accuse someone of just off the cuff it's an extremely sensitive and serious allegation um that should never be used in the context that people were using it to throw towards me those that have watched this channel know that I have addressed racism on a regular basis, that I've spoken about the amazing work of Marcus Rashford and the the racism that he has faced, Bakaya Saka and the racism that he experienced after uh, the European Cup final, uh, or the Euros final, European Championships final. Uh, we've talked about racism um, within the fan base. We've talked about a lot of really horrible stuff that we do our absolute utmost to try and combat, talk about. And uh, and so when, in particular today, why in to, to see people accuse me of being racist um, or xenophobic because I wrote a piece which supported the idea of William Saliba returning to Arsenal and looked to reinforce Saliba's return by adding experience that would help to guide both him and the other young centre-backs that are at this team. It really, really... I, I couldn't... I, I suppose I could believe it um, because people don't tend to read pieces before commenting and they obviously look at headlines and they look at um the subtext i suppose um but even then i mean for instance the the article itself uh is headlined on the piece william saliba's arsenal return questioned as edu is tasked with new scouting mission 
His return is questioned because he, as a 20-year-old centre-back alone, is not enough to solve that issue that we clearly saw uh, in the Liverpool game, which was of a very young side in need of guidance and in need of some experienced heads on the field. Um, And he alone is not going to solve that. He is going to improve our defensive squad next season. And I hope to no end that Arteta does keep him and they really work hard to give him a new contract and to keep him at this club because he's clearly a kid with a lot of a lot of ability and a lot of talent. But he is a 20-year-old with Ben White as 23 and Gabriel that's 23 is not going to be a, enough, in my opinion, to sustain us towards our goals. Um, and so therefore... The other part of the headline, Edu given scouting mission to find an experienced centre-half that would be available for a relatively accessible sum considering the context of going for both a marquee midfielder in the summer and a marquee striker either this January or in the summer as well. And um, I... Yeah, I, I, I don't know what more there is I can say um, about that. And some people will turn around and say, well, I shouldn't even address it. I should just ignore. I should just block and move on. And it's funny because I have said that time and time again on this channel um, that I should just, that the people should just block and move on, mute, move on, ignore it. And I've spoken to, and I've interviewed journalists on this channel i've spoken to james benj and charles watts and asked them specifically about the challenges they faced um on social media and through their own work i remember speaking to charles watts specifically who said that he's never blocked anyone which at the the time i found stag i couldn't believe i couldn't believe that because charles obviously is one of the most highly followed people on the platform um and as a journalist will face a lot of backlash for stories for transfer links and stuff like that um completely ridiculously and uh, to, to learn when he said he'd never blocked anyone was um yeah i was shocked by that because i've been telling people time and time again block move on and whilst I have done a lot of blocking today uh, in the style of James Bench, who is of the other end of the spectrum as a serial blocker, as he described himself, and someone that has blocked a lot of people, and and quite rightly, in, in my view, I think blocking is something that is is certainly a good thing to do. But it's not been enough um, in the three months or so so far since I started working in this, what I describe as a dream job. Being able to write about Arsenal as your day job is unreal. It's un- it is a dream scenario for me. Not only writing, but presenting and working alongside some brilliant people. It's yeah, you can't really get much better than that. Um, and it's and I always credit the community that we built here and the support that you guys gave me on the channel to getting to that stage. But I it's it's very hard um, to ignore. Uh, and I don't know what it is about my personality. I don't know what it is about my the way I, I am. But I find it very, very difficult to ignore the negatives. And on videos, on the videos on the channel, there'll be comments that are left that aren't necessarily uh, nice. Um, and there'll be loads more positive ones. And it's really, really hard to to, to really isolate only the positive stuff. And... Uh, 
and and to not read or not take notice of the negative and the horrible comments that get left if i go on say and, and what the thing is about i've started to branch out and go onto other channels of course i've joined up with harry from the chronicles of aguna podcast and join him for his show and i'll go on the, uh, the arsenal lounge every week and obviously i have no control like I have the control here over the audience and over the, the the community that we've built, because if people are abusive on here, we just get rid of them. Obviously, other people have their own way of running their channels, and I'm not going to be here and criticize that. But obviously, I have noticed if I've been on another channel and I look at the comments, there are people that are blocked on this channel that do take the opportunity to to attack me there, which you know it's, it is what it is, and I shouldn't take any notice of it. But it is really hard, um, and it's really, really, really difficult to not take any notice of it and uh there may even be people that abuse me today that are watching this right now very happy that i am talking about it and to some people may say they've won by me talking about it but this is ultimately how i deal with things this is how i deal with it and have done and have been dealing with the last six years is talking to everyone about this stuff we don't hide i don't hide away from um the, the, this sort of thing and the reason why I did it today was because this isn't the this is not the first time um, this has happened. Obviously, you know, in the last week, two weeks, you've probably seen a lot of content created on your feeds um, by other social, by other YouTubers about the the Nicholas Pepe story that came out and the the utter misrepresentation of my own words um, by other media outlets that has then been picked up and people have completely misinterpreted what I wrote and what I said and what I was saying. Um, but that doesn't matter to, 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 to others, which is fine. But it's really difficult when you see Arsenal fans misled and not only misled in the sense of they've been told that I've said something that I haven't, but also misled to thinking that Arsenal are open to selling Pepe for £25 million, which there is no indication that that is the case. There's no indication that Arsenal are looking to sell Pepe for £25 million. None. None whatsoever. And yet, the backlash from that was obviously huge. And it was quite... I felt... It was a weird sense of responsibility that I felt, even though it wasn't my fault, it was a... I felt responsible um, for all of those Arsenal fans that had been completely fooled um, by the misrepresentation of my words, which was for those that somehow don't know, an opinion piece about how much I would accept for Nicolas Pepe, um, which sounds, even as I say it back now, sounds crazy that that actually got run with. Um, and then the other one was probably about a month prior, uh, I wrote a piece about how Erdogan's pressing uh, in the games against Norwich, Burnley and Spurs highlighted why Meza, uh, Meza Ozil was kind of moved on from. Um, now, we all know that Meza Ozil can be a bit of a reactionary just tag um, in, in any tweet or any YouTube the thumbnail or headline. Um, and it certainly got a reaction. Um, it wasn't designed to, to do that. The, the, the article was actually a tactical piece that used lots of Scout analytics and graphics to show the impressive pressing that Martin Odegaard had brought into his game. And then using that to suggest why... Mikel Arteta had indeed chosen to move on from Mesut Ozil and to a attacking midfielder that would press like Erdogan was doing in those games. Uh, unfortunately, it's not actually working out for Erdogan so much right now uh, with Lacazette coming in for him. And I've got a lot of hope that Erdogan will certainly turn things around. 
um, and uh, and put back into the team what he's been doing previously. But that's that's secondary in this discussion because yeah, the reaction to that was mad. Thankfully, uh, colleagues like Chris Wheatley and Kai Karnak sent some very supportive messages, as did a lot of other people that I work with. Um, and that was kind of the first, that was probably the first moment of the new job that where I noticed a big, big, big backlash from something that I'd written. Um, and, you know, I was in that moment, I was like, okay, yeah, I, I kind of expected something um at some point to 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 happen and uh, i've seen it happen to other journalists so obviously it was eventually it would happen but to see kind of the last week or so the pepe story and then this saliba story this morning um gone the reaction that they did uh, in such close proximity i think is certainly exponentially and you know it's enhanced it it's it's enhanced it twofold so that 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 obviously was a bit of a shock I suppose the last way to kind of finish off the show. I'm not. I'm. I, I'm going to look for your comments after the show. Um, and I always appreciate you guys tuning in. I'm not going to be, you know, reading through them out loud in this one. Um, maybe it's something we'll discuss in the Q and A tomorrow in the 8 a.m. show. But uh, to kind of finish things off, I, in reflection of everything, it's probably as I always try to do to give my own kind of advice to not only myself but others. But uh, Block and move on doesn't always work. It is certainly something that I advise people to continue to try and do, is that if you do get abused like I have today, to block and to try and to move on. But I'm no longer going to sit here and promise you and tell you that's the solution um, because this experience has certainly told me that it's not a long-term solution to the problem. And unfortunately, the long-term solution is out of our hands individually. Um unless you take yourself off the platform, which is just, we know, realistically not sustainable for the business that we're in um, and the business that I am in in particular um, of publishing pieces and wanting as many people as possible to to read them and, you know, have their opinion in a respectful way, which is obviously a unrealistic goal for a 100% respectful response. But, yeah, look, block, move on as best as you feasibly can. And as I am doing right now, talk to people about it. Um, I remember when I was teaching, going to therapy was one of the best things I ever did. It happened in the last six months. I really had kind of written off the idea of speaking to a complete stranger about issues with mental health whilst I was teaching. But genuinely, it was one of the best things I ever did. Um, it may be something that I... I never thought I'd have to return to speaking to someone um, when I got a dream job because you think, oh, you're in a dream job. What what could go wrong so kind of thing? Um, obviously, things change, things happen, and, and maybe it's worth doing again. But um, yeah, when I was teaching, it was certainly something that helped me. Uh, I love teaching in the sense of being in the classroom teaching the kids the relationship you have with your classes and the rewarding kind of the rewards of seeing someone learn something that you're teaching them is amazing and the the like the gratitude that the students show you that when they um when they get the grades that they want to get is amazing everything around teaching being a teacher was what was the big struggle and ultimately why I seek to way out of teaching because the politics of, of being at the school um, the work expectation 
the lack of um, kind of the lack of appreciation for how much work teachers kind of have on their plates, um, I think is was one of the big reasons why I led me into to going through that side of things. So therapy is great. Go do it. If you if you ever feel like you need to talk to someone about it, would always recommend it. Um, you don't have to go onto a YouTube channel and tell people that you're doing it. But uh, if you want to do that, you can. But it certainly helped me. I would suggest people do that um, if they need it. And uh, maybe it's something that I'll return to in the future. It's, I can imagine it being something if this level of kind of abuse continues um, because there's nothing else I can really do about that. So, yeah, I think that's probably where I'm going to finish things off. Um, cheers for listening. Um, it's, it's, easy, it's helpful for me to just you know, just get all of that off my chest to you guys. And thankfully, I'm very fortunate I've got a platform that I can do that. Um, yeah, leave your comments. I will read through them. If you if you leave a nasty one, I'll probably block it and move on because that's the lesson I'm teaching. Um, but yeah, you know, enjoy it the rest of your evening. Hopefully, let's go and watch some of our rivals lose in Europe. That'd be great. No offense, my Chelsea Man United colleagues. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's uh, enjoy your evenings. I'll be back tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. for the normal show. Um, but yeah, just for listening, guys. And uh, as always, up the Arsenal. Just finished the Arsene Wenger documentary, by the way. Amazing uh, bit of film. And I'd recommend you go watch it as well. So yeah, go do that. See you soon, guys. A fantastic one. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go. And you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.